Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the latest at Minsherp, an interesting take on the much-hyped Vikings-Cowboys game, and a south-central Minnesota town breaks the statewide precipitation record. But first, it came to light early this week that an investigation is underway into whether members of the Minnesota Sports Facilities Authority Board misused two prime luxury suites for family and friends at U.S. Bank Stadium. Legislative Auditor Jim Noble says the investigation is a priority, and I recently spoke to him about it. Well, first of all, uh, we will find out the facts about what the arrangement is. Um, And I've already sent a letter to the chair of the authority asking for a disclosure of all documents and information uh, related to that. And uh, we will, of course, want to know the names of all of the people uh, who were given access to the seats in those suites and the services that are provided and the events that they attended and the purpose for which they were there. Um, And there's a variety of other uh, requests that I've made for information and documentation. But, I mean, that's the first step in the process is just to to do a fact-finding. And then we'll go from there um, in terms of uh, comparing the facts to what the law requires or prohibits and making a judgment as to whether or not this was an appropriate use of public resources. And that sort of leads to my next question. Uh, I guess this is kind of where everything starts from, but what, what is it that launched this investigation, or, or what seems like it may be amiss here that, that, that launched the investigation? Well, um, I think it was over the weekend. Uh, there was a, a newspaper article that uh, brought to light that the uh, members of the uh, board, uh, the authority board, and it, uh, allegedly at least, uh, family and friends and others uh, were given access to these seats and use of these suites. And um, that that immediately raises concerns uh, about the use of public resources. Uh, they're not there for, for the personal benefit of uh, individuals. And there's clear law in terms of uh, conflicts of interest uh, that you cannot use a public office or public resources for personal benefit. So there's got to be some clear business purpose, public purpose, uh, for them to have anyone um, given access to be there and uh, enjoy an event, enjoy the, the, the suite and all the services that are provided. Uh, have you heard at all from um, the chair since it was announced that this investigation was going to be launched? Well, I called her uh, before I made that decision. Um, I mean, immediately uh, thought she needed to have a heads up before I sent her the letter asking for the documents and information. Uh, that's just a courtesy. And so we had a conversation about that and uh, sent the letter over this morning, and uh, I await her response. And I anticipate you expect her full cooperation? I do indeed. In fact, it's not only that I expect it, but the law requires it. Uh, So uh, there's no question that, uh, you know, they're under our jurisdiction and our authority, and uh, we have uh, authority to see all documents and data relating to the use of any public resource, regardless of the classification. So we will insist on knowing uh, who's had access to the suites and use of the seats and the services. And Jim, based on one of the reports I saw, it it had quoted you as saying that this investigation is a priority. Why is this a priority for you? 
Well, I think whenever there's a question which has been given some high public visibility about the potential misuse, alleged misuse of public resources, I think the public deserves a quick and and objective answer to whether or not uh, those allegations are well-founded or not. And so even though we're very busy with a lot of other audits and evaluations and investigations, I mean, that's just our our daily routine here. We're working on things. Uh, But when these sort of things get presented in the media or by any other means, uh, where there are allegations about the possible misuse of public resources, we take that very seriously. It's our responsibility to respond, to use our authority, to find out the facts and issue a report. And is there any kind of uh, sort of deadline that you have for having this investigation wrapped up? No, I don't have a deadline because, I mean, the the most important thing is that we are thorough and that we're accurate and fair. So I want to make sure that we do it right and uh, take the time we need. But I also, uh, again, think the public and legislators deserve as quick an answer as we can possibly provide. So I'm thinking in my mind that I'd like to try to get that to them sometime, legislators, sometime early in the legislative session. So that's not too far away, but it will take some weeks for us to go through the process. And Jim, just in terms of process, once this is, um, once you put this out to legislators and the public, what's the next step in the process then? Well, our job is really to inform and disclose um, to the public, uh, but also for the purpose of uh, helping the legislature with its responsibilities to oversee how public resources are used. And uh, they do that a good deal through various committees, but we have uh, some unique authority and resources to to sometimes dig a little deeper uh, behind the scenes into the facts, into the records, and that that's why they set us up. That's our responsibility. And uh, so... We will turn over the facts uh, to them, and they will pursue whatever change, if they think change is needed, uh, in the law as a result of what we have found. In a statement, the MSFA says it will have staff do research about public facility suite use in Minnesota and around the country and present options for potential revisions to the MSFA suite use policy in early 2017. And it says commissioners will not be inviting family, friends, or guests other than marketing prospects. We'll have updates on this continuing story as they become available. More Minnesota Matters after this. Technology moves at the speed of innovation. And today, that's lightning fast. So when you get your hands on the latest tech, don't forget to do the right thing with your old devices. Recycle them. The Consumer Electronics Association and its members are making recycling your old tech device as easy as purchasing new ones. Just go to greenergadgets.org, type in your zip code, and you'll instantly find the responsible recycling location closest to your home. You'll also find lots of tips to simplify your recycling, like asking the store where you buy your new TV if they'll haul away your old one. Television sets, video game consoles, smartphones, tablets. They're all recyclable. Don't let them clog up your local landfill. Just visit greenergadgets.org. You're sharp enough to get the latest tech tools into your home. Now be responsible enough to get your old devices to the recycler. That's greenergadgets.org. 
Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. State officials said this week that average tax credits for those buying health insurance through Minsure are three times higher than last year, and over 57% of enrollees are eligible for some sort of financial help. MNN's Bill Werner talked with Minsure CEO Allison O'Toole about it. It's a little counterintuitive, but when rates, premiums increase, so do the value of tax credits. And so it just really highlights um, the importance for consumers to spend a little time and see if they can't save some money this year. And can you give us an idea of how much this might help for a person who is faced potentially with significant increases in, in premiums? Is it going, yeah. going to take a big this, chunk out of it? or give it, And I know I know that there's a whole bunch of different factors in, that, that figure into that, but if you can give us some sort of an idea, that would be helpful. Yeah, it's it can make a huge difference, Bill. On average, the people receiving tax credits are saving over $600 a month, and that's over $7,600 a year. That is real money for people, um, and especially in light of these significant increases. And just a reminder to folks that these tax credits are directly given to the consumer, so it's an acts like an instant discount off of premiums um, every month. So they see the benefit of it right away on their monthly premium bills. So really, it literally pays to shop here um, in this case. So the credits are just subtracted right off of their monthly statement? Is that how it works? That's exactly right. Okay. Now, so if a person has enrolled in Minsure um, for 2017, um do they need to do anything else to avail themselves of this, these credits? Will you kind of go through the procedure with us and folks are wondering, you know, hey, have they done all that's necessary? Yeah, I mean, if they've enrolled through us, I assume they would have checked out to see if they can qualify for a tax credit. But there's still time for folks. The first deadline, um, the deadline to get coverage that begins January 1st is December 15th. So people have a couple weeks still to shop um, and compare plans and find out if they can't save a little money. And you know, it really, it takes about five or 10 minutes to just get a quick read on whether or not you can save money. Um, go to our plan comparison shopping tool right online um, at mincher.org and just take a few minutes. It's really time well spent this year. Um, the other thing I'd mention, Bill, is that we have over 1,500 assisters across the state ready to help consumers with this decision. And in a year where we're seeing significant premium increases and um, various market challenges, I think it's really important that people get the help, and we've got the help out there for them. That assister directory is right on our homepage at minsure.org. So just so I'm understanding you, uh, if a person goes to the uh, to the premium comparison tool on, on the website, they can determine right there whether they're going to be eligible for tax credits? Yeah, you plug in a couple factors, yeah. you know, your zip code, your income, this, your, the size of your household, and it'll give you a rough estimate of what your, um, if you can save money through a tax credit or through a public program. But it's a really quick way, and it, you know, it's really time well spent, especially this year. And, and then if a person goes through that, that comparative process and decides to move ahead and enrolls through Minsure, chooses a health plan and so on and so forth, and it's confirmed, you know, that they're enrolled in that, then do the, do the tax credits follow along with that automatically, or is there anything else they need to do? Nope. They follow along ad- automatically, and they will plug that'll be part of their application. So it is really um, fairly easy to do, but again, just to make sure um, consumers are making the right choice for themselves and their families, it's important to get that help. Uh, and we've got help available all over the state.
let me ask you just a couple yeah. of other questions on additional items. And you mentioned the December 15th deadline for coverage yeah. beginning January 1st. Uh, enlighten us, if you will. Uh, some people may know, but there may still be confusion. If you don't do that, is there a penalty? And then what uh, do you have opportunities then into 2017 where you can still enroll? Yeah. If, so if you don't want a gap in coverage, if you want um, coverage for an entire calendar year starting in January, it's important to enroll by December 15th. But the open enrollment period extends through January 31st. So if people want coverage beginning February 1st or March 1st, they can they still have a month, um, you know, of 2017 to sign up. So there's still an opportunity. But I will remind you and your listeners, um, Bill, that this year the health uh, the health carriers, the health insurance carriers, have limited their enrollments, and so. We're talking about deadlines right now, but really the sooner consumers shop, the more choice they'll have. So time is of the essence this year, um, and we really encourage people to shop as soon as they can. Just because in some of those health plans, there are enrollment caps for people who are switching to to that plan, right? That's right. Okay. However, the ones that are already enrolled, uh, they are carried over. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. They have a spot still, but if you are switching or new um, to this market, it's important to do that uh, to shop as soon as you can. Yeah, to avoid a disappointment. Say if you pick, a, if you right. choose a certain plan and and all the slots are filled, basically. That's right. And okay. the news today is really um, to try and save money. These tax credits can make a real difference for Minnesotans, uh, and it's real money. It's up to about $7,600 a year. Um, and again, that goes directly to the consumer. It's, you know, these tax credits act like instant discounts off monthly premiums, so it really pays to shop. Do you anticipate that as we move on toward uh, towards Christmas time that, that those volumes are going to go up? I know that some people, you know, I know, if, you know, I, I tend to procrastinate on things like that, too. Uh, uh, do you think that uh, there's going to be a crunch as we get on toward the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, there likely is. In, in past years, um, we have seen uh, a peak in volume towards the middle of the month and the end of the month. But this year is different because the health insurance carriers have limited their enrollments. And, you know, it's really um, encouraging consumers to shop earlier. So our, our, our volume and our cadence is a little bit different than other years. So the sooner the better. I can't stress it enough. That is Minshore CEO Allison O'Toole. But, of course, overshadowing all of this, Scott, is the issue of what will happen to Minshore and the Affordable Care Act. Leaders of the newly elected Republican majority in the Minnesota Senate are talking about doing away with Minshore and moving over to the federal exchange. But the question is, what form would the health insurance system take at the federal level if President-elect Donald Trump makes good on his pledge to dismantle Obamacare? Scott? We shall see. Thank you, Bill. More Minnesota Matters after this. Sometimes a simple idea can be developed into something big that can change the world. This is Katy Perry. In fourth grade, my music teacher helped me make a vision board. It was a collage that represented all of my hopes and aspirations in music. But what if my teacher didn't have the supplies we needed to make our collages? What if I never got the chance to learn and express my dreams? Unfortunately, that's the reality our teachers face every day. They're forced to spend their own money, sometimes just to keep the classroom running. That's why I'm teaming up again with Staples for Students to donate $1 million to DonorsChoose.org, a charity that helps teachers get what they need to bring learning to life for students. 
DonorsChoose.org has helped fulfill more than 700,000 classroom projects benefiting more than 18 million students. It's an idea that's changing the world. It's easy to help. Donate in Staples stores or learn more at staplesforstudents.org. Son, uh, can you hand me that big screwdriver? This one, Dad? Uh, no, that's a wrench. Uh, I need the long one close to your foot. Why? Uh, because I need to loosen a screw. Why? Because I have to change the oil filter. Why? Because I love you! <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Alright. Now pass me the new filter. Why? Ha <laughs> <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Take time to be a dad today. For more information, dial 1-877-432-3411 or visit us at www.fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. It seems the drama never ends for the Minnesota Vikings. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm details yet another surreal week at Winter Park. In a year when they've already seen their star running back go down to injury, their starting quarterback go down to injury before the season even started, and much of their offensive line get battered and bruised, the Minnesota Vikings had to play their biggest game of the season on Thursday night without their head coach. Mike Zimmer underwent emergency surgery on his eye on Wednesday night to repair a retina. That meant he wasn't on the sidelines for Thursday night's game against the Dallas Cowboys at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikes general manager Rick Spielman made the official announcement the morning of the game and said Zimmer was extremely disappointed to have to sit this one out. He's never missed the game, and I know how hard this is on him. You know, if you go back, even when uh, he had to go through the tragedy of his wife passing away, he did coach. So this is the first time he's ever going to miss a game, and I can't explain how hard it is on, on coach not to be able to coach tonight. But I also put him out there tonight, and I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but to have potentially a negative effect where it could affect his vision permanently, no one knows that, but it's not worth the risk. And we're looking out for the long term of his health. Special teams coach Mike Prefer was named the acting head coach, and unfortunately the Vikings couldn't answer the bell. They lost a hard-fought game 17-15 to to the Cowboys. Prefer says they thought a lot of Zimmer during this matchup. He has an imprint on everything that we do, um, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. And, you know, I just spoke with him briefly this morning before because he came in and talked to the team, and it was tough for him. You know, it was really tough to see his emotion and knowing they wouldn't be there with the team tonight. <clears throat> and it was... Uh, it would have been hard for me because he's such a competitor. That's why I love working for him. He, he's a tough guy. He's a, a competitor, and it would have been awesome to have him here tonight. And um, But I had a brief conversation with him this morning about some game logistics, you know, inactives and, and that sort of thing. And um, and then, you know, talking to the other coaches, and they, they, they all gave me encouragement. And, you know, like I said, Pat Shermer has been a former head coach. He's uh, doesn't have an ego at all. I and mean, he's over there this morning. We're going over different situations and scenarios. And George Edwards, I was doing the same thing with him. And these guys have coached a lot of football over the years. So at the end of the day, I got a lot of help from the staff. The players were phenomenal. They treated me great. And uh, it, was a, it was a great opportunity for me. I'm just sorry we didn't get it done. Prefer says Zimmer met with the team on Thursday morning and told them some simple but emotional things. That he wanted to be there. I mean, that, obviously, it was uh, tough for him not to be there. 
and and uh, he let the team know that, and the team already knew that. But I think it was important for coach to be there to let them know that, and that's what I got out of it. And he did a great job with the team this morning. He really did. It was uh, very, like I said, difficult for him to do, but you know I'm proud of him that that he stood up there and and, and told the team what he had to tell them and about. You know, I think he did the right thing. I know he's stubborn and tough, and but at the end of the day, you know, your eye, you, you could lose your, the, the use of your eye. That's crazy. So I'm glad he stayed home, and, and again, I wish we could have done more and got him a victory. Vikings quarterback Sam Bradford was disappointed they couldn't get this win for their head coach. It was pretty tough. Uh, you know, he obviously came by the hotel uh, this morning and told the team. And, uh, you know, obviously I think Coach Zimmer just means the world to our locker room. Um, you know, I have a lot of respect for him just in the 12 weeks that I've been here. Um, you know, he's awesome. And, you know, for him to not be here, I think it was probably, you know, tougher on him to miss this game, you know, than it was for us. You know, and it would have been nice to go out there and win this one for him with him watching at home tonight. Linebacker Chad Greenway says they did want to win this one for Zimmer, but that really didn't serve as extra motivation. I think Zim knows that that's what he's installed in this fo- whole, the whole football team now, so... I don't know if we could ever be more motivated to go play. You know, I mean, yes, because he couldn't be here, but it's not like, you know, I woke up and was like, well, now I want to go play harder because, you know, he can't be. I mean, reality is you want it. You always want it bad. But, I mean, when your coach can't come, you know, the type of guy he is, I mean, yeah, it motivates you more, I suppose, but um, this is a self-motivating business. Zimmer was once a defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys when the current Cowboys coach was a quarterback there. Jason Garrett took some time to discuss Zimmer after his team won. Obviously unfortunate for him to be dealing with the, 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 the issue that, that he is with his eye. And uh, you know, my understanding is he was going to have that procedure done on Friday and uh, they needed to do it last night. So, you know, he's a great friend of ours. He's an outstanding football coach. I thought the way they played tonight was a real reflection on the kind of coach that he is. So uh, he, he's certainly in our thoughts and our prayers. The Vikings have now lost six of their last seven games. They sit at six and six and will visit Jacksonville a week from Sunday. Scott? Thank you, Mike. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Mr. Detweiler, it's time to wake up, Mr. Detweiler. Hey, Mr. Detweiler, how are we doing? Your surgery is over. Oh, it's over? What happened? Hi, Mr. Detweiler. Dr. Newman here. You have a new knee. It went great. You'll be up and around before you know it. And it's all because of you. Uh, what did I do? You were captain of Team Detweiler. You told us everything we needed to know. Your medical history, your allergies and prescription meds. You asked me tons of questions. What your options to surgery might be. What to expect during recovery. You even asked me how many knee replacements I've already done. Huh, I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? Mr. Detweiler, we couldn't have done it without you. Patient safety. It takes a team. And patient involvement is key. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. With more tips at orthoinfo.org slash patient safety. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. On Monday, Wasika in south-central Minnesota broke a long-standing state precipitation record. M&N's Tasha Radel has more. Wasika now holds the crown of receiving the highest ever recorded amount of rain and snow in a single year. At last check, over 54 inches had been reported. That bested St. Francis's prior annual record of 53.5 inches received back in 1991. Joining me now is U of M climatologist Mark Seeley. 
So, Mark, I'm guessing this is pretty exciting news for folks in your field. Well, it's um, gathered the attention of all in the meteorology and weather community in the state uh, because it's uh, so strikingly unusual, Tasha. It's, uh, first off, for context, uh, you know, we have weather records in the state of Minnesota that go deep into the uh, 19th century, well back over 150 years. And uh, in all the monitoring, the occasional report of a 50-inch total annual precipitation appears. There's probably only been a handful of occasions throughout history where any place in the state of Minnesota has reported 50 inches or greater. And uh, the former record of uh, 53.52 53.52 inches at uh, St. Francis up in Anoka County was way back in 1991. Now, as of this morning, Waseca reports 54.11 inches, and of course, they still have a month left in the year, so they're likely to go beyond 55 inches. And uh, this this will be a, a new uh, all-time record, probably, you know, that... Uh, it's equivalent, if you want a geographic analogy to this, Tasha, it's equivalent to the level of precipitation that typically falls in Birmingham, Alabama. So it's uh, it's quite a geographic displacement when you think about the climate at Waseca this year. And what is the average precipitation for, would you say, for that area or Minnesota as a whole? Well, um, for Minnesota as a whole, as a state, the average uh, statewide value is very close to 30 inches on an annual basis. The average historical value at uh, Waseca, uh, the currently for the 1981 to 2010 period, which is the base reference period, is 35.72. Um, so uh, it's extraordinary uh, to see a level of wetness that is likely in the end to surpass 55 inches. That's just uh, absolutely remarkable. And um, I, I have to ask you, any idea on why? Why we're seeing such record rainfall? Well, this follows a trend we've been observing since the early 90s. In fact, we've talked about and written about this and researched this quite extensively. Uh, Minnesota represents one of the states in our nation where the precipitation trend is very, very much upward over the last uh, now two-plus decades, going on three decades. And we think it's part of the climate change scenario. We think it's part of the climate change story. Its uh, geographic distribution is that trend is dominant in the eastern Dakotas, Wisconsin, Manitoba, uh, Ontario, Iowa. It's, it's geographically a very prominent footprint or signature of the uh, climate trends in our region. Well, when, when I saw that, and like you said, it went back so many years, yeah. uh, it, that it's just, it's kind of remarkable. It's, you know, it, I don't know, I think it's kind of ex- exciting, and I don't know, breaking a record is always uh, rewarding, I guess. <laughs> well, it, it certainly is always attention-getting, uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's a number, I don't know how long it'll last, to be quite honest, because with our upward trend, for example, uh, St. James, another one of our long-term cooperative observers, 
they too are over 50 inches already this year. And uh, they're likely, again, with a month to go, they're likely to see more. So we, we've just been seeing this uh, dominate uh, in our climate statistics, and we'll, I'm sure we'll continue to see this trend as we migrate into the future. So is it fair to say that St. James could beat Wasika potentially, depending upon the, the December weather pattern? Well, let me frame it this way. Uh, right now, they're uh, roughly three inches apart in the total. They're both over 50 inches, but they're roughly separated by by three inches in total. So, yes, there is a chance, but I would say it's a small probability. I think Wasika will end up the year with over 55 inches, which will go in the record books as a new state record. Uh, St. James could, if they had an extraordinarily wet month of December, they could come close to 53 or 54, but I don't think they would go much higher than that. Has all areas of Minnesota seen, I guess, increases in, in rain totals this year? Uh, I would say with few exceptions, uh, probably 90% of the state has seen above normal. This has been a very, very wet year. It'll go down among the wettest in Minnesota history on a statewide basis. There are a a few isolated areas in western Minnesota that have seen closer to normal uh, precipitation for the year. But the vast majority of locations and counties in the state have seen well above normal precipitation for 2016. Thanks again to my guest, U of M climatologist Mark Seeley. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. And please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.